Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Strange Matters podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss everything that is mysterious, bizarre, and unexplained. I am Sean, and I will be the host for this episode. In this episode of Strange Matters, I will be talking about the disappearance of Lars Matank and the strange series of events that led up to this man's sudden disappearance. This story involves a young German man who was on a holiday vacation with some friends. Though described as the average and normal person, Lars would exhibit a few instances of behavior during this trip that his friends said was quite uncharacteristic of him. Lars would last be seen sprinting frantically out of an airport in Bulgaria right before his flight home, and no trace of him has ever been found since. In this episode, I will be presenting the backstory leading up to this bizarre disappearance and any possible ideas as to what in the world happened that could cause such a strange mystery. As always, I'd like to remind our listeners that Strange Matters is made possible by our generous supporters over on Patreon. On Patreon, listeners can pledge a small monthly donation to help keep the podcast going and improving, and also can gain access to exclusive bonus episodes. For this episode, I'd especially like to thank our newest patron, Kiwi. For any other listeners who would be interested in supporting the podcast, please visit our page at patreon.com slash strangematters. And now, onto the story of Lars Matank. Lars was a 28-year-old man living in Germany. It would seem that he was just a normal guy, was relatively popular with a good number of friends, and was currently dating someone. Lars had a job at a local power plant, and after work would often visit his parents to help out around the house, after his father had a stroke. One of Lars' biggest passions was watching football, and was a huge fan of his local team, Werder Bremen, the Green Whites. Lars was known as an outdoorsy type, and knew how to hunt, fish, and set traps. Considering his eventual fate, none of his close friends or family could really come up with anything about his personality or behavior that would seem unusual. In the summer of 2014, Lars Matank went along with a trip with some friends to Bulgaria. Lars, along with five former schoolmates, traveled to spend a week in Varner at a beach resort. They would be staying at the Golden Sands, a popular vacation spot for young people from Germany. Lars' friend Paul said about their time there, The week went by really fast. We relaxed on the beach, swam in the pool, played football, went clubbing. Lars was relaxed. He was in a good mood. For most of the week, nothing about Lars or his behavior seemed off to the group. Another friend by the name of Tim remarked on the only thing that stood out to him about Lars during that time was that he didn't eat that much. He said that Lars would only have a bowl of soup or a small salad, and that was it. Halfway through the week-long vacation, Lars would have a confrontation with a small group of men at a restaurant. Lars, who was by himself at the time, got into a heated verbal exchange with four other men about football. It turned out that these other men were fans of a rival football team, Bayern Munich, and after a series of taunts and insults, Lars got into a brief physical scuffle with the other guys. Lars quickly broke away from the fight and left the restaurant. After returning to his hotel and telling his friends about the fight, Lars said that his head was hurting, and that he thought he possibly could have a concussion from getting punched in the face. His friends would later say that this was odd behavior, as Lars normally was a peaceful and easygoing guy, not someone who would get into a fistfight while relaxing on vacation. 
Lars went to a doctor two days later, and it was here that he found out that he had suffered a ruptured eardrum caused by a blow to the head. This was poor timing, as this was the day that Lars and his friends were supposed to be flying back to Germany, but the doctor warned him that the air pressure from a flight could only make his condition worse. The doctor also prescribed him some antibiotics to take. So Lars went back to the hotel where his friends were just about to check out, and told him that he could not join them on the return flight, and would be staying a few extra days to give his ear time to heal. Though they were worried about him, considering Lars was still hurt from the fight and really had no plans on what to do while staying behind, Lars convinced them that he would be alright for a few days, and told them that he would see them all soon. Lars' friend Paul said that when they parted ways, Lars was in a good mood and waved to them as they left. None of them could have imagined it would be the last time that they would ever see their friend. While Lars's friends drove to the airport for their flight, he was stuck behind in Bulgaria without any place to stay. The hotel that they had just checked out of had no openings that night, and several other hotels nearby that Lars went to were similarly booked. Finally, though, Lars found a cheap hotel near the airport, which had a room available. It seemed to work out well for him, as he would save money on a cheap room, and would be able to quickly get to the airport in a few days once he was medically cleared. However, the day after Lars checked into this new hotel, it would seem that something was wrong with him. His behavior suddenly changed, which first came to light after his mother received a phone call from him. During the brief and confusing phone call, Sandra Matank tried to make sense of what her son was saying. Lars spoke in a whispering, breathless voice. He sounded paranoid and scared, seeing that he was being followed and that someone was trying to rob or kill him, and also asked his mom to cancel his bank cards. He whispered that he needed to find a place to hide, and then promptly hung up. Sandra Matank later said about this call, I thought, God, my son is in danger. I could hear his heart pounding over the phone. Later that day, Lars sent her a text asking her what Zephyroxine 500 was. This also confused Sandra, who didn't know what Lars was going on about. It wasn't until later that Sandra would find out that Lars had been prescribed Zephyroxine 500 as an antibiotic by the doctor who had diagnosed him with a ruptured eardrum. Lars's strange and unusual behavior continued later into that night. Security footage from the hotel shows Lars pacing around in the foyer of the hotel, peeking out through the windows into the dark parking lot outside. He was also seen hiding in the elevators several times that night. At 1 a.m., the security cameras pick up Lars as he walks out of the hotel. He is gone for nearly an hour before he eventually returns and walks back up to his room. It is still unknown where he went to in this time span. Early in the morning, Lars made yet another cryptic and confusing phone call to his mother. He told her that the people who were out to harm him were getting closer. Once again, this was a quick phone call before he hung up, saying that his battery was almost dead. Sandra could make no sense of what her son was telling her and was growing more worried. However, she knew Lars would be flying home that day and she would see him then. A few hours later, Lars checked out of the hotel, carrying his luggage. Outside, he flagged down a taxi and made the short drive over to Varna Airport. He sent a text to his mother, saying, I just made it to the terminal. 
This would be the last contact that Sandra Matank would ever have with her son. As Lars entered the airport, surveillance footage shows Lars casually walking through the airport carrying his luggage, at this point seemingly acting normal. Lars was carrying a large duffel bag as well as wearing a black and red backpack, and had on a yellow t-shirt and jean shorts. The videos show Lars briefly talking to a woman, appearing as if asking directions, likely to find the area for medical services. After this, Lars again strolls through the airport. Lars headed to the medical station, as he needed one last checkup on his ear before he could safely fly. Dr. Kosta Kostov was the physician available at the time, and Lars walked into his examining room and dropped his luggage against the wall. While Lars sat in a chair and waited to be checked out, Dr. Kostov noticed that he seemed very nervous. This struck the doctor as odd, as this would just be a very quick and standard checkup, nothing to be worried about. Still, as the doctor looked over Lars, the young man grew increasingly nervous and erratic. Dr. Kostov examined Lars' ear and declared that it looked good and was healing up, and that he was fit to fly. Still, though, Lars's odd behavior continued as he questioned the doctor about the medication he was prescribed, acting as if he didn't trust it. Unfortunately, Dr. Kostov would not be able to reassure Lars or have the chance to try and calm him down. The airport at that time was currently being refurbished, and there was a decent amount of construction and remodeling going on in the terminal. After Dr. Kostov had checked out and cleared Lars, a construction worker opened the door to pass through the room. Lars began to clearly tremble and was whispering incoherently under his breath. After a few moments, Lars sprung up from his chair and cried out, I don't want to die here. I have to get out of here. At this point, Lars ran out of the room, leaving all his luggage behind. From here on, we know Lars's movement based on security footage of the airport. Lars sprints through the airport, past all the desks, luggage drops, and out through the main entrance. After this, once Lars is outside, he takes on more of a light jogging speed, occasionally looking around as if checking to see if anyone is following him. Lars jogs his way across a parking lot where he can be seen scaling an 8-foot-tall fence with barbed wire. The last view we have of Lars Matank is of him running into a thick woods that surround the airport. This would be the last confirmed sighting anyone has ever had of Lars. From that point on, it would seem as if he had just vanished from the earth. Back at the airport, security checked through his luggage after waiting some time to see if he would show back up. Lars had left behind basically everything he had brought with him on the trip. His wallet, phone, passport, and extra clothes were all in his luggage. The only thing Lars had on him when he disappeared were the clothes on his body. A search through the luggage also showed that there were no signs of drugs, something that security thought could have made the man suddenly sprint out of the airport. Sandra Matank was eventually alerted of the situation, that her son had gone running out of an airport and hadn't turned back up. As days went by, the concern by Lars's family and friends began to grow. Local authorities had found nothing to go on. Lars had not been spotted anywhere, and no one who knew him could come up with any clues or ideas of where he could possibly go. The videos of Lars running frantically away from the airport would quickly make the news, stirring up interest internationally in this bizarre case. 
To this day, the footage of Lara's last known moments are often seen on YouTube compilation videos of such mysterious disappearances. If you are like me and enjoy watching such videos, then more than likely you have seen the footage of Lars a time or two before. In fact, the security footage of Lars is so widespread on YouTube that Lars got the nickname of the most famous missing person on YouTube. Frustrated by the lack of progress made by the local police, Sandra Matank hired a private investigator to search for her missing son. The PI traveled to the area and retraced Lars' last known steps. He watched the airport security videos over and over, looking for the smallest clues that could show where Lars was running to, or if anyone was acting suspicious around him. The investigator contacted all the local hospitals, morgues, and homeless shelters, but no record of anyone matching Lars' description could be found around the time of his disappearance. As a last-ditch effort, the investigator printed up some pamphlets and spread them around the area that Lars was last seen at. Still, after effort from both law enforcement and the private investigator, there was absolutely no sign of Lars Matank once he was seen running into the woods by the airport. Over time, there have been several supposed sightings of the missing man, one in Varna, where he disappeared, another in Poland, and even one in Canada. However, all the sightings sent into the police either went unvalidated or proven to be cases of mistaken identities. One of the more notable sightings happened in December of 2016, when a homeless man was found wandering along a highway in Brazil and taken to a hospital. A picture of this man found its way online, and rumors quickly spread over the belief that this was Lars Matank. It did certainly look just like him, albeit slightly older and rougher looking. As it turned out, this man was actually a missing person, just not the missing person involved in this case. This man was not German Lars Matank, but instead a missing Canadian man by the name of Anton Pilippa. After getting treatment, Anton was flown to Canada where he would be reunited after a five-year gap with his family. Unfortunately for Lars, there have still been no confirmed or likely sightings of the missing man. One of the biggest questions in this case is what caused Lars to start acting so strange seemingly out of the blue. One possibility was that Lars had suffered some type of brain trauma during the fight he had with the four rival football fans. Lars's mother, Sandra, believed that the fight could have possibly triggered something in him or caused a great deal of stress that caused him to snap. However, the idea of such an immediate change of character brought on by a fistfight would seem unlikely. Dr. Jeff Conan, a specialist in physical therapy at the University of Rhode Island, said about this, A forceful blow to the head can result in a concussion. However, odd behavior isn't usually this extreme a few days after an incident. It usually takes years, or it happens after multiple hits to the head over time. Considering Lars had no history or known symptoms of mental illness, it seemed like a medical stretch to think that a couple punches during a quick brawl could cause such a sudden and total mental breakdown. Another possibility was brought up concerning Lars's paranoia surrounding his medication. Could the pills he was prescribed somehow have triggered such a change in him? As it turns out, this was ruled out as well. The antibiotics he was prescribed, Zephyroxine 500, does not trigger any such paranoia or anything of the like. However, an even bigger reason why the meds would have no effect on him 
was the fact that he didn't even take them in the first place. Dr. Kostoff later said about this, He didn't take those antibiotics. He didn't even fill out his prescription. So his behavior couldn't have been a result of that. I can't think of a single reason why he left my office in such a panic. I'm so confused. Why did he just abandon all his belongings in my office? Of course, there is a chance, and in fact it seems likely, that Lars was suffering from some sort of mental illness or breakdown in the days leading up to his disappearance. Even though no one close to him has said he had exhibited any symptoms of any mental disorders, doesn't necessarily mean he didn't have any. Or it could be that something happened on that trip, perhaps the fistfight he got into, that triggered something in Lars, or made a minor condition suddenly worsen. On the other hand, there are some who believe that perhaps Lars's sudden paranoia was not just all in his head, but was actually real. Since Lars was alone for some days in between his friends leaving and his dash out of the airport, it's hard to say if he did have someone following him or antagonizing him. We do have these security videos from the hotel of Lars pacing around and checking outside for hours at a time, but the question of whether he was actually looking for someone real or if it was all in his head is impossible to know now. Obviously, the biggest question regarding this strange case is what happened to Lars Matank? As with other cases with such little information to go on, there are a number of theories and possibilities, but each is based almost entirely on speculation. One belief is that Lars got lost in the woods he ran into and had died from dehydration, starvation, or exposure of some kind. One local told a journalist, Varna gets really hot in the summer, and without a water source, it's pretty much impossible to stay alive. There is a big river near the airport, but that still leaves food and shelter. He might have found an abandoned cabin somewhere, but there isn't much to eat in the wilderness. If he tried to survive in those woods, he died there. This grisly fate might be a possibility, but as yet it can't be confirmed. The police conducted a thorough search of the area using both drones overhead and dogs walking through the woods. No sign of Lars was ever found, no parts of his clothing, and most importantly, no body. However, a news piece came out last year in Bulgaria about the chances that Lars is still alive and hiding in those woods. In one of his many trips to Bulgaria, the detective, hired by the Matank family, used a drone to scout out the wood area that Lars was last seen running into. The detective found multiple campsites of homeless people who were living in the woods, and he questioned a number of them. He claimed that a few of the homeless people said that they had seen someone who matched the description of what Lars looked like. The detective took this as a good sign, and considering that Lars had outdoor survival skills, he personally thinks that there's a 50% chance of Lars being alive and wandering around the area. Also, after Sandra Matank visited a local news station and told the story of her missing son, 15 people contacted the station and said that they had seen someone who closely looked like the missing German. All these sightings were grouped together in an area 15 kilometers around the airport and the forest. While hopeful, none of the witness statements have actually been confirmed, and Lars still has not been found in the area, despite several massive searches. Another theory was that Lars had planned on starting his life over, and perhaps the whole mental freakout and dash from the airport was a staged plan. 
It certainly wouldn't be the first time someone would attempt an elaborate escape before trying to start over with another life. Though this might also be possible, there really isn't anything of substance to back it up at all. By virtually all accounts, Lars was pretty happy and satisfied with his life, and family meant a lot to him. No one could believe that he would do such a thing, especially planning all this strange behavior out while on a vacation. There are other explanations, some that are much darker, as they assume the worst regarding the fate of the missing German man. Though Lars' body was never discovered, there is a chance that someone murdered him at some point during his disappearance. Perhaps it was a criminal who was looking to take advantage of a mentally disturbed man, or Lars had gotten into another violent confrontation, but this time it turned deadly. Others think that Lars might have killed himself, though whether by design or accident is unknown. Perhaps his new paranoia drove him to the edge, and in desperation or accident, ended up taking his own life. Another dark theory that has at least a little bit of evidence behind it is the thought that perhaps Lars Matank was eventually captured by human traffickers. At the time, Bulgaria had the highest rates of human trafficking in Europe, involving people being kidnapped and forced into slavery, prostitution, drug smuggling, and even forced organ removal. But again, though Lars happened to be in a country that had pretty high instances of people being abducted for trafficking purposes, there are still no actual leads to go on. While researching this case, it would seem that many people are completely split on which theory or explanation they think makes the most sense. I've seen a good amount of comments and suggestions of people who believe that he was on drugs at the time, which could certainly explain his erratic and unusual behavior. At the same time, his friends who were with him on the trip claim Lars didn't do anything but drink alcohol that week, and the fact that no traces of drugs were found on his luggage left behind at the airport. If it was just a bad trip or a reaction to some drugs, it would seem to me that eventually Lars would come back to his senses and contact someone, but that isn't the case. There are many who think Lars was suffering from something like schizophrenia, and that it was a recent development that suddenly took over, caused by some stressor during the trip. If I had to pick any of the likely theories as being most probable, I believe I would go with this one, as mental illness is a factor in many sudden and unexplained disappearances. Though while this explanation does seem like a good fit, it does need to be taken into consideration that no one close to Lars said that he had been acting strangely at all, or showing any symptoms of mental illness before this trip happened. And though rare, there is also the chance that his mental condition was caused by head trauma from the fight. Perhaps Lars was suffering from an undiagnosed concussion, but again, that's all up to speculation. Still though, with cases as strange as this, and with little to go on, any theory is as likely as any other. It would seem that there are equal chances of Lars experiencing a bad drug reaction as him suffering from a mental breakdown, or actually having justified paranoia of some mysterious person following and threatening him. Or it could be all stage, and Lars now could be anywhere in the world, with a new identity and a new life. The case of Lars Matank's disappearance has intrigued and fascinated people for years now, and there are still many who are trying to make sense of this bizarre story. Now, four years later, Lars Matank is still missing with virtually no clues or signs as to his fate. 
His family and friends remain hopeful that one day Lars will be found and returned home. His mother, Sandra, said, There's a good chance he'll come back. He just needs my help. And though things may look dark for Lars, there is still hope. As I mentioned earlier, there was the case of mistaken identity of the man found in Brazil, who some thought could have been Lars. And though it turned out to be someone different, it was still a happy conclusion to yet another missing persons case of someone who had been gone without a trace for years. On a Facebook group dedicated to finding Lars Matank, others had shared similar stories of loved ones who had gone missing for years, but who were eventually found all to give hope to those who are close to Lars. In the meantime, his family and friends stay vigilant and hopeful, running a website and Facebook page dedicated to spreading awareness with the goal of ultimately finding Lars Matank one day. For now, everyone involved in the case can only speculate and theorize over what in the world happened to Lars Matank. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Strange Matters podcast. If you have your own ideas on the case of Lars Matank, or if you have suggestions for future episodes, feel free to write in at our email, strangematterspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow and reach out to us at our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Finally, we ask if you are listening to us on iTunes, please take the time to leave us a rating and a review, as it helps promote the podcast and allows us to reach new listeners. So until the next episode of the Strange Matters podcast... Take care, everybody.